You're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's scenic Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes, or you can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com, or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Here we are. Here we are, locked in our homes. <laughs> this is a uh, week three of the coronavirus lockdown of 2020. This is going to be talked about for the rest of our lives, whether we made the right or wrong decision to lock down this economy and crash the uh, the best economy we had seen in our lifetimes. And we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about uh, whether or not we made the right decision to uh, to lock down. The economy. We're going to take a look at China pressing its advantage now that uh, that they have made it through the worst of this outbreak and uh, are trying to displace the United States on the world stage. We're going to look at uh, the resistance, the hashtag resistance to the coronavirus um, uh, treatment of hydroxychloroquine and the rise of the police state and the other happenings in the White House and in uh, Democrat politics. But I want to start by getting a little off topic. You know, on Monday's show, I recommended to everybody that you watch this Disney movie, Togo, that tells the true story of the uh, diphtheria rally, uh, um, rally, uh, dog sled rally that brought the serum uh, to Nome, Alaska, that everybody uh, believed was, uh, you know, the hero dog was Balto. It turned out it was Togo. And the story behind that was just fantastic. And that was a movie. It really surprised me coming out of Disney. Uh, Disney has morphed from, you know, family fair into even R rated movies and, uh, and really betrayed the original vision of Walt Disney. But I think Walt Disney would have been proud of this movie Togo. And I can't recommend it enough. It's on Disney Plus, which is a subscription service. But you can take a free trial, two-week free trial of uh, Disney Plus, watch the movie, and then cancel your your trial. But last night, um, you know, I normally don't watch a lot of movies. Uh, I'm, I'm usually uh, too busy doing other things, but uh, we've got the family at home now and not as busy as uh, as I normally am. I also stopped watching movies because really there wasn't that much good to watch. But I found a movie last night uh, called Badlands. It's on Netflix. And this is the second excellent movie I've seen in a row. This this uh, is an old-style Western. Really, uh, the, the story is fabulous. I think, you know, I'm reluctant to say it because it sounds so over the top, but I think it's the best Western I've ever seen. It's about an old Pinkerton detective uh, back in the post-Civil War era that's tracking down former Confederate generals that have fled to the uh, Western frontier. Now, they, they, they kind of got some of the historical stuff wrong. They, 
they claimed that they were going after these former Confederate war generals because they were war criminals. And they mentioned things that they had done, like burn towns and and hang women and children. That was uh, that was not the Confederate uh, army that did those things. Confederate army, by and large, was fighting a uh, defensive war. It was the northern armies, especially uh, Sherman, uh, that committed the war crimes um, in the Civil War by by burning and starving civilian populations up until that point uh, that Sherman did that. The model of uh, war in Western countries um, made civilian populations off limits, but uh, Sherman Sherman ignored those precedents and, uh, and waged war on the civilian population in his determination to break the South. But uh, back to the movie, that's a great movie. Badlands, um, you got to watch this. It's old-style Western, you know, along with kind of the hokey premise where you know people walk down the middle of the streets and and uh, and you know engage in gunfights that's not uh how it actually went on a lot of people one of the reasons uh, old western towns were so polite is everybody had a gun and if you uh, if you wronged somebody they uh they were you know just liable to pull a gun out and shoot you dead or shoot you from a, a window as you uh, you walk down main street wasn't a lot of actual gunfighting going on, but um, it reminds you of an old Clint Eastwood movie, Badlands on Netflix. Check it out. I got an announcement to make. Uh, you know, I I distribute these shows uh, after they air uh, fresh on the Mojo Five O network. I uh, distribute them as a podcast, and they're they're all over all the podcast directories. I also uh, automatically post them to YouTube and I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, they get damn little traffic over there because, uh, YouTube has stomped on me with both feet, uh, suppressing, you know, um, my, uh, my podcasts in their search engines. The only way you can find my podcast on YouTube is if you actually, you know, go to right now with Jim Dawes, you won't, uh, you won't see it. So they've, They've downgraded it, uh, they've suppressed it, they've demonetized it, and my traffic over there on YouTube is embarrassingly low now. And, uh, you know, really, I, I, my mom still, <laughs> that's how she listens to the show. So, Mom, if you're listening, you're going to have to uh, go to mojo50.com and listen, or you can go to the uh, to my Spreaker page and, and listen there, because starting today, you will no longer find this show or I should say after today's show, you will no longer find it on YouTube. So on to the coronavirus news. It's not going to be all coronavirus on today's show, but uh, we are going to bring you up to date on that. Dr. Fauci uh, yesterday stepped to the White House podium and, uh, and decided that uh, we may never get back to normal. If, if back to normal means acting like there never was a coronavirus problem, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population. But when we say getting back to normal, we mean something very different from what we're going through right now. Because right now we are in a very intense mitigation. When we get back to normal, we will go back gradually to the point where we can function as a society. But you're absolutely right. I mean, if you want to get to pre-coronavirus, 
you know, that might not ever happen in the sense of the, the fact that the threat is there. But I believe with the therapies that will be coming online and with the fact that I feel confident that over a period of time we will get a good vaccine, that we will never have to get back to where we are right back now. So if that means getting back to normal, then we'll get back to normal. <laughs> so Fauci says we may never get back to normal. This is uh, in light of the fact that the, the deaths that he and his modelers have predicted have not come to pass. They've been far less, far, far less than was originally predicted. And they're right on par with other nations that uh, didn't go into lockdown, such as Sweden and Iceland. Sweden and Iceland uh, followed a, a different tactic. They told everybody that uh, had compromised immune systems or were elderly to lock themselves inside. And they let everybody else go about their business so that they would uh, all Go ahead and uh, and get exposed to the virus and develop antibodies. Now, a certain number of those people that appeared healthy would, no doubt, have suffered bad cases of this coronavirus, this uh, this Wuhan flu. Uh, but it, it it would have gone ahead and uh, developed a herd immunity among the general population, and then uh, you could continue. You know, and after you've had the virus, about seven days later, actually, I think it's 72 hours later, you're no longer contagious. So there there could have been a period where the elderly and the uh, immunocompromised were locked indoors and uh, everybody else, you know, had, had uh, developed antibodies to this virus and then uh, it would have passed. But now they're telling us, including Fauci, who I originally gave all the benefit of the doubt, you know, obviously I am not an epidemiologist and I felt uncomfortable second guessing him. A lot of people were, uh, were pointing out that, uh, he's got a long history of, uh, overstating the threat of these viruses, but they insisted that Donald Trump listened to the experts. And now we've wrecked our economy and probably not even engaged in the optimal way to fight this virus. And we've got Zeke Emanuel, the uh, the architect of Obamacare, over there on MSNBC, saying that uh, at the very minimum we got to lock down for eighteen months. We can't go back to work in May. We got to lock down for eighteen months. Realistically, COVID nineteen will be here for the next eighteen months or more. We will not be able to return to normalcy until we find a vaccine or effective medications. I know that's dreadful news to hear. How are people supposed to find work if this goes on in some form for a year and a half? Is all that economic pain worth trying to stop COVID-19? The truth is, we have no choice. Oh, we have no choice. Well, we in fact had a choice. We could have uh, we have, could have handled this virus the way viruses have uh, historically been handled. Um, if you're, you know, at risk, you isolate yourself and uh, everybody else go ahead, goes ahead and catches the virus develops antibodies and a herd immunity and uh, and you get it behind you but Zeke Emanuel and Dr. Fauci think that this uh, this is going to go on at least for the next 18 months these lockdowns and in fact Fauci says we may never get back to normal even though Fauci is in fact admitting that uh, his models were wrong I don't think anyone has ever mitigated the way I'm seeing people mitigate right now. This has never happened in this country before. So I am 
optimistic, always cautiously optimistic, that if we do what I've been talking about over the past few minutes, we can make that number go down. I don't accept every day that we're going to have to have 100 to 200,000 deaths. I think we can really bring that down, no matter what a model says, because when the data comes in, they'll start to say, you know, maybe you are essentially overshooting the model. And I think that's where we can go. That's the reason why I like to always get up and tell the American people it's the virus doing what the virus wants to do. And it's we as a society doing what we can do. So are these numbers so much less? I mean, the bottom of the model, even if we implemented all his so-called mitigation strategies, uh, claimed that we were going to have 200,000 deaths. It appears now that it's uh, it's going to be somewhere around 80 or, or maybe even 100, which is, is less than half of that. But, um, you know, these, these, uh, these commentators out on the left and these Democrats and mouthpieces in the media are going to have to uh, decide what to make of all this. Either the president was very effective at, uh, in his response to this virus, because it's much, much less than the models predicted. Remember, they said, listen to the scientists. Or you're going to have to admit that uh, this, uh, this whole uh, pandemic was widely, uh, wildly overstated by their so-called experts. Hey, I want to remind you to run on over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. That'll take you to my Patriot Supply. And you need to stock up now. They've got an excellent special going on right now. You can get a four-week emergency food supply, normally $297. You can get it for just $197. There's a limit of three per household, so you need to get yours today. The two-week emergency supply is already sold out. But this, uh, this emergency food supply offers two hundred or 2,000 calories a day. Includes breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Has a 25-year shelf life, and you'll get free shipping and handling. Saving you 8 bucks right there. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com, and get your emergency food supply today so you'll be prepared if and when Dr. Fauci locks us into our houses uh, again come fall. You know, I have to remind myself what a despicable character Andrew or uh, yeah, Andrew Como really is. Because, you know, watching him on on TV and uh and in his press conferences and and replies, uh he has seemed almost reasonable. I keep having to remind myself this is the same guy that signed the late term abortion bill in New York. And uh I got to believe old Joe Biden is uh, starting to worry that uh, the Democrats may come to their senses and replace him on the ticket with Andrew Como. Como says he has no intention of running, but politicians always say that. That's their standard answer. They're not running up until the day uh, that they announce. But uh, Como was on yesterday talking about the the Navy hospital ship Comfort opening its its uh, self up to the um the CCC CCP virus um patients 
The U.S. Navy ship Comfort had 1,000 bed capacity. It was originally for non-COVID patients. What wound up happening was we don't really have non-COVID patients. Closed down society. There's fewer traffic accidents. Crime is down. So the original plan, which was the comfort would take non-COVID cases from the hospitals, didn't really work because the hospitals didn't have non-COVID cases. Uh, I called the president yesterday morning, asked him to speak to the uh, Department of Defense to see if they would change it to COVID. President, to his credit, uh, moved expeditiously, uh, called me back yesterday afternoon, said they would make the comfort non-COVID. Uh, COVID, when they make that transition, the capacity of the ship comes down from 1,000 to 500 beds. Yeah, because they have to have more separation. But, I, you know, as I said on yesterday's show, I think uh, making a, a naval hospital ship a, a, a ward for infectious diseases doesn't really make sense. Uh, the, the spaces are just too tight and too confined. But the president did that on Como's request, and you can just hear these uh, these Republican ads in November writing themselves uh, with uh, these Democrat governors in California and New York praising Trump. Here's, uh, here's Como doing another 30-second soundbite for Donald Trump's re-election. This is a really uh, difficult undertaking, and they have been, they've really been fantastic, and I want to thank them all. And I want to thank the president for moving as quickly as he did. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, we had the uh, the comptroller, the Democrat comptroller for New York City, accusing the president for the death of his 86-year-old mother. In New, York, in New York City, this is playing out in so many families. And I got to tell you, you know, Donald Trump has blood on his hands and he has my mom's blood on his hands. And he sent us a hospital uh, that's. Uh, that's right here in the Manhattan Harbor, and no one can get on that hospital. This is something that is just outrageous. So apparently the New York City comptroller, who doesn't find uh, any blood on the hands of Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, blames Donald Trump for the death of his 86-year-old mother. Maybe she would have lived to be 96. I don't know. But... He says it's because Trump wouldn't let his mother on that hospital ship. Well, there are no shortage of beds or ventilators in uh, in New York City right now. Maybe the comptroller himself, his name is Scott Stringer, has blood on his hands. Maybe he should have been a better son and taken his mother, mother to the hospital and, and found a hospital that had bed space. But apparently he didn't get the memo that, uh, in fact, the uh, the comfort was taking COVID patients at the request of his Democrat Party governor. And it's clear that this guy is so afflicted with uh, with a, another virus, the virus of Trump derangement syndrome. That he can't even properly mourn his the passing of his own 86-year-old mother without politicizing it and trying to blame it on Donald Trump. I mean, it's kind of breathtaking. It's the only thing you can, you know, I understand he's mourning and he's hurting, but when you want to be more constructive than that, I got another clip from Como. He's, uh, 
He's describing the previous virus uh, that hit New York City. Uh, I know it's tough to get up every day, and this is like Groundhog Day, living through this bizarre reality that we're in. Uh, It's even more difficult, I think, with the weather changing and you feel the seasons changing and it's getting nicer and uh, you start to open a new book of possibilities. And, uh, you know, now the weather's getting nice and I should be getting outdoors and I should be doing this and I should be doing this. I get it. But it's only been 37 days. And... What we do affects the number of cases. Our behavior affects the number of cases. We're generating the cases. They're not descending on us from heaven, right? It's our behavior. So it's been 37 days. The 1918 pandemic that we talk about peaked in New York for six months. It came through in three waves. And it peaked for six months. 30,000 people died in New York. 30,000 people died in that previous epidemic. And that was um, uh, still below what Fauci and his modelers originally predicted was going to happen in New York. It hasn't come to pass. After screaming his head off that uh, they weren't having enough ventilators, it now Turns out that they've got extra ventilators. So once again, the president was right to, you know, to uh, to ration these ventilators out as needed instead of just sending them all to New York, where they would have gotten bogged down in the bureaucracy. There, I saw a story saying that, in fact, uh, during Michael Bloomberg's mayoral ship in New York City, they uh, they foresaw uh, the need for ventilators and the case of a pandemic and he uh he bought about uh 500 extra ventilators and stockpiled them guess what happened to those ventilators they were auctioned off under mayor bill de blasio they auctioned those ventilators off couldn't be bothered to spend the money to maintain them and so they just uh auctioned them off there's no doubt that New York City is uh, is the epicenter of the hashtag resistance against Donald Trump. Donald Trump hasn't held any grudges. He's uh, he's bent over backwards to make sure his hometown was taken care of. And uh, you know you got to give Andrew Cuomo some credit for acknowledging that. But over at the New Yorker magazine, uh, the the editor David Remnick is having none of it. And we feel humiliated having a president who denies science, who makes jokes about models, uh, who tells us that he's number one on Facebook and that his ratings are so great. It is humiliating to live under such a leader, and the consequences are so immense. (laughs) Well, David Remnick and a lot of these brie-munching cocktail party liberals are humiliated this is not their kind of president a president that worries about blue collar jobs and and then brags about the size of his rallies no that's that's just not sophisticated we're sophisticated new yorkers we don't have to worry about our jobs we're big time magazine editors we're not interested in a president that uh, that wants to reform our trade deals or secure our borders. Oh, that's just gauche. 
we're humiliated. I'm glad David Remnick is humiliated. I hope all of his uh, brethren in the New York uh, City press corps, with the exception of um, the New York Post and the New York Sun, are equally as humiliated. And I hope they take that humiliation all the way into 2021 and get to enjoy it for another four years. We got to run out to a break. We'll catch up on the the uh, brouhaha around hydroxychloroquine, and we'll list all of the things that the president got right and the media got wrong right after these messages on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, there are a few things that are more bewildering than seeing how the mainstream media has decided that because Donald Trump uh, expressed hope that hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Packs would be an effective therapeutic, that they in fact hate it. And now they seem determined to, uh, to keep people from taking hydroxychloroquine and and for all the world they sound like they're rooting for for the virus and this is going to be another one of those situations where uh you know trump proved them wrong he said that the russia gate hoax you know russia um hoax was just that a hoax he uh he has just repeatedly um embarrassed the press and now it's becoming clearer and clearer with each passing day that hydroxychloroquine and these Z-Packs are effective. And as that happens, the media is becoming more and more hysterical. They've bet the farm on this virus preventing Donald Trump's reelection. And then this this um, 60, 70-year-old malaria drug appears on the scene. 
And, um, and the first trials originally came out of China. So, you know, skepticism was warranted because you don't want to believe anything that comes out of China. But then this French doctor, is, uh, his name was Didier Raynaud. Raoul. Now, this guy is a serious scientist that they keep telling us we have to live, uh, listen to. He's, in fact, a world-famous microbiologist, and he tested uh, the theory with more than 1,000 patients and, and found hydroxychloroquine to be 100% effective. So while Fauci was up there saying, oh, it's not proven, this is just anecdotal, no, in France, they had conducted a real study. It wasn't a double-blind study, but uh, there, there wasn't time for that. And the doctor, uh, Rao, uh, believed that that would be unethical, you know, um, to conduct at this point on such short notice. But when you combined this, uh, this was Zestromax, the so-called Z-Pax. It's a antibiotic and a, a zinc supplement. It was one hundred percent effective. And now we've got more than 6,000 doctors around the world using this, and they are having tremendous results. And the more good results that roll in, the more the media doubles down that this is giving false hope and is somehow reckless of the president to express hope, uh, to express optimism. As a matter of fact, many of those 6,000 doctors that are prescribing hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Packs are in fact taking them themselves so that they can uh, be protected from the virus as they treat their patients. I think at one point, Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz, he was, a, he was amassing information about it and explaining it to the public on uh, his TV program. And he is in residence, I believe, at Columbia University in New York City. They, um, they defunded that effort. But all of this, you know, success of hydroxychloroquine is bad news for the press. Because you see, they're they're not most concerned with defeating their virus. They're most concerned with defeating Donald Trump. And uh, and they had they had uh, Dr. Fauci up there playing right along with them. But I got a clip here. Uh, this is from a Democrat representative from Detroit, Michigan, who came down with um, the CCCP virus and, uh, and luckily was treated with the hydroxychloroquine. I just plummeted that day and it went from the, the headaches to being extremely severe to fluid building up in my lungs to sweats breaking out, the cough, my breathing being labored. President Trump had not talked about this. It would not be something that's accessible for anyone to be able to get that right now. It would not even be possible because I did have a difficult time even that day obtaining the medication. You know, I had to really beg and plead and go through a whole lot to try to get the medication. And my husband was able to pick that prescription up that night, and I was better within a couple hours. <laughs> they hate to see that. Uh, he, she's been all over the media thanking the president, another Democrat politician that's acknowledging the effect of efficacy of this president's response. But they're not having it over at the Washington Post. Eugene Robinson says that uh, 
Hydroxychloroquine is going to define the Trump presidency. He means it in a bad way. Hydroxychloroquine, the uh, the, the anti-malaria drug also used for autoimmune uh, conditions that President Trump is touting as the magic bullet against COVID-19, as, as the, one of the greatest game changers in the history of medicine, when his, his medical and science advisors tell him it's it's definitely not that, that there, there is no evidence that it is. But that, that word, uh, I, I said that, that encompasses the, the reasons why Donald Trump should never be president. He should never be president because he's, he's uh, expressing hope in a, a therapy for a drug. Uh, a drug? that has been around since 1940, actually before that, but it was used heavily in the 1940s, that is prescribed off-label right now. One of the reasons they discovered that uh, hydroxychloroquine works is because uh, one of the doctors noticed that uh, none of his lupus patients that were on hydroxychloroquine came down with the disease. This guy had the largest... um, body of patients for lupus than any other doctor in the country. And he noticed that none of his lupus patients taking hydroxychloroquine were coming down with it. Alyssa Milano, that big thought leader over on the left was totally unconcerned with the, uh, the sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden. She's a big Joe Biden supporter. And now, uh, instead of saying, believe women, she wants to, uh, to vet women and put them under cross-examination. But Alyssa Milano is uh, floating impeachment of Donald Trump over his advocacy of hydroxychloroquine. You know, if Donald Trump had come out and told people, don't take hydroxychloroquine, it's unproven, and it's offering false hope, the media would have spun on their heels and started advocating hydroxychloroquine They would have had 12-part specials on the new wonder drug to combat COVID-19, the hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Packs. Here's a clip from a a fellow named Dr. Hazeltine over on CNN claiming that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. It's sad to me that people are promoting that drug. We know already from studies At best, it will have a very mild effect, at very best. There are studies that conflict a little bit, one from the other. One concludes it has no effect. The other concludes it has a mild effect. The net result is, whatever effect it has, it will be very mild. That drug has been used for years against many other viruses to no effect. The thing that makes me sad about that story is some people may take it, who are on other medications, who are other underlying conditions and may have very serious, even life-threatening consequences. It is not something to take unless a doctor prescribes it. Well, you can't take it unless the doctor prescribes it. It's a prescription drug. So this guy that CNN brings forward as an expert to, to back up their anti-hydroxychloroquine line of attack against Trump says people shouldn't take it without a doctor's prescription. Well, duh. Exactly. That's the whole idea. You have to have a doctor prescribed to make sure you don't have any contraindicators that would make you a poor candidate for that treatment. 
And they're all saying, oh, you know, hydroxychloroquine could cause you to go blind or have a heart attack. Yeah. Have you ever watched the disclaimer on any of these uh, drug commercials that we see? <laughs> Your hair would fall out. You could you could suffer impotency. You could die of a heart attack. You're, you could break out in scabies. Don't take this if you're allergic to it. They all have possible side effects. That's the nature of these, these prescription drugs. That's why they're prescribed. So a doctor can make sure that it's not going to do any damage or harm to you. But that didn't stop old Eugene Robinson over the Washington Post. He dug and dug and found out maybe Donald Trump has a ulterior motive for recommending hydroxychloroquine. Two things are possible here. It is possible that, that Donald Trump is perfectly aware of, of these investments and his potential stake in, in this drug and um, yep. that this is all deliberate. It's also possible that he he's open to manipulation by friends and cronies, his billionaire Mar-a-Lago friends um, who, who have these investments and who are pushing him in this direction. Oh, my God. So there are only two possibilities, according to Eugene Robinson, who is a regular guest on Morning Joe, and that is that Donald Trump stands to get rich from the use of hydroxychloroquine or maybe some of his cronies at Mar-a-Lago can. There, there is a third possibility that Eugene Robinson refuses to consider, and that is that Donald Trump wants to save lives, and this is the most hopeful, best option we've got until something better arrives but no donald trump's going to get rich off of this hydroxychloroquine that's been off patent for probably 40 years now it's a generic it's cheap it's plentiful and uh, they say well donald trump owns a stake in companies that could benefit he owns between 29 dollars and 435 dollars in a company called Sanofi. So, you know, yeah, maybe he's, uh, he's going after the big bucks. He donates his $400,000 a year salary every year has done so and donated this year's salary to the, the fight against the CCP virus, but he's in it for the money. I mean, You know, the fake news uh, is constantly bashing Trump for noticing that hydroxychloroquine shows great promise. They've also taken out after Peter Navarro. Who are you people to to make any, you know, res- uh, um, re- uh, recommendations or observations? You're not medical doctors. Well, keep in mind when they say that, that these are the same fake news talking heads that praise Bill Gates to the heavens. When he demands that we lock down the economy for a year or more and that everybody submit DNA tests and have a, have some sort of, uh, he calls it a digital certificate that confirms that they've had a, uh, a, a CCCP virus um, vaccine. I haven't heard anybody, any of them questioning whether or not Bill Gates has a financial interest in all of this. He stands to, uh, to, he's heavily invested in these. He stands to get, you know, make even more billions 
But nobody ever questions what Bill Gates is doing. He's a computer nerd. Why is he giving medical advice? Why is he suddenly a pandemic expert? Here's a clip of Bill Gates talking about this. Various models that we Imperial University do. And so I was very glad that those models are out there. Uh, you know, Dr. Fauci is doing a very good job to advance uh, the vaccine. It's, it, it is fair to say things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. But we'll have to be very, very careful not to have the rebound uh, until the vaccine comes. Bill Gates, not a doctor, celebrated. Donald Trump, not a doctor, he must be in it for the money. You know who else says that hydroxychloroquine is showing great results? Uh, Andrew Como. There has been anecdotal evidence that it is promising. That's why we're going ahead. Doctors have to prescribe it. There are some people who have pre-existing conditions where it doesn't work or they're taking medication that's not consistent with this treatment. But anecdotally, it's been positive. Hey, I want to uh, ask you to run on over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's sort of an unusual uh, tag on that URL, AmericaFirstRadio.shop, and get your supply of banana bag oral solution. It is to rehydrate you if you become dehydrated uh, due to an underlying medical condition or overexertion. It may keep you from having to go to the hospital. Diabetes patients uh, suffer a lot from dehydration. It's also loaded up with um, A and B vitamins that that, uh, support your immune systems. You can get it for $15.50 for five packs. Keep it in your medicine chest. For just such an occasion, and if you order, we will send you free same-day shipping. Go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get yours today. And while you're there, you might want to pick up one of our uh, T-shirts, Failure to Prep is Prepping to Fail, or A Country Boy Can Survive. So (laughs) I guess it's just because of the nature of the media that they're so determined to uh, take the opposite line of this president that uh, he keeps being vindicated by history. And this is going to happen again. Uh, of course, early on in this crisis, they were calling him a racist and saying that, uh, uh, you know, closing the borders uh, doesn't help and it may in fact hurt. And now uh, experts are admitting that the reason that the virus is so much less in the United States than in Europe is because we took steps to secure our borders early on in this. Of course, this was the same time Morning Joe, who now says that everybody knew about this crisis in early January. On January, um, late in January, Morning Joe hadn't run a single story about this emerging pandemic that Morning Joe claims everybody knew about. And when he did bring somebody on, they were there to say, don't worry about it too much. It's just going to be uh, another uh, similar to the to the flu. So the really upsetting part of all of this is we have seen that the 
the state governments and local governments throughout this country have taken the COVID-19 response as an opportunity to expand government power. And really, we've seen nothing short of a police state in uh, in places like Virginia, who has uh, extended their lockdown until mid-June, and uh, in other states. In Cincinnati, Ohio, there were... Um, there was a, a father out in the park playing t-ball with his daughter. Nobody else anywhere around. They were arrested on the spot as the dad was handcuffed right there in front of his daughter. In California, you've probably seen video of that uh, that paddleboarder. He's on a stand-up paddleboard out in the ocean. The police chase him down in their uh, boat and take him into custody. And in Pennsylvania... Police wrote a citation to a woman because she was driving down the road in her car. So I know that the response to a pandemic always has to be balanced against civil liberties. But it's quite clear that when you expand police state power, the police rush into that void and uh, and overreact. And we're seeing that here. And it's going to be interesting to see if we uh, if we have any SWAT teams called out on churches that are Celebrating Easter Sunday coming up in about four days. Originally, the president wanted to get everybody back uh, to work in time for church services on Easter Sunday. That has been tamped down by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. But uh, Sunday's coming, and I can tell you that some of these um, these congregations take their constitutionally protected right against infringing on their right to worship very seriously. And they are going to do whatever they need to do to, uh, to worship on Easter Sunday. I was telling you earlier on about, um, other countries reaction to this virus, uh, that, uh, instead of locking, locking down their societies went on to, um, shelter elderly and immune compromised people and let everybody else go ahead and catch the virus and develop a herdman, uh, herd immunity. Here's a clip of um, a professor, Newt Witowski. Witowski. Uh, he is a pandemic expert at Rockefeller University, uh, epidemiologist, and he's talking about the, the path that we chose not to take. We should protect the elderly and fragile because when they get pneumonia, they have a high risk of dying of the pneumonia. So that is one of the key issues that we should keep in mind. On the other hand, children do very well with these diseases. They're evolutionary designed to be uh, exposed to all sorts of viruses during their lifetime. And so... They should keep going to school and infecting each other, and that contributes to herd immunity, which means after about four weeks, at the most, the elderly people could start joining their family because then we, the virus would have been extinguished. Run its course. You mentioned in the piece that, in fact, you think containment would prolong the duration of the, the virus. Yes. Can you talk about that? With all respiratory diseases, the... Sound familiar? 
They're now saying 18 months at minimum. Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci and uh, and these other um, health experts are saying it's going to be at least 18 months. We may never get back to normal. This epidemiologist points out that if you let the disease run its course and shelter the people that uh, you know are at risk, then you can get back to business in about four weeks. At the most, the elderly people could start joining their family because then we, the virus would have been extinguished. You mentioned in the piece that, in fact, you think containment would prolong the duration of the, the virus. Yes. Can you talk about that? With all respiratory diseases, the only thing that stops the disease is herd immunity. About 80% of the people need to have had contact with the virus, and the majority of them won't even have recognized that they were infected or they had very, very mild symptoms, especially if they are children. So it's very important to keep the schools open and kids mingling to spread the virus, to get herd immunity as fast as possible. And then the elderly people who should be separated and the nursing homes should be closed during that time can come back and meet their children and grandchildren after about four weeks when the virus has been exterminated. I think I've had the virus. I I came down with, um, I didn't have any respiratory complications, but I I had flu symptoms, malaise, fatigue, aching joints, um, some actual, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, deteriorated mental functions. Couldn't remember things. But, um, and I had a, a fever, but it wasn't high enough fever for my local triage nurse to say that I should come in for testing. And she said that once the fever broke, uh, after about 72 hours, I would no longer be contagious. And sure enough, uh, it was either that night or the next night, I woke up covered with sweat. And uh, the fever broke, and um, and I, I started to feel better. So, uh, you know, I don't know what to count this up to. Uh, I, I do believe it was a, a wild overreaction the way we've handled this we got some quick news on the time we've got left. Kaylee McInerney, the the combative uh, beauty from Florida, I think she's from St. Petersburg, is is going to be the new White House press secretary. Stephanie Grisham, who had come from the First Lady's staff uh, to, to fill that role, is now going back to be the chief of staff for the First Lady. But Kaylee McInerney is perfectly suited for this job and i wouldn't be surprised if she reopens uh these daily press briefings maybe not daily but uh you know once or twice a week so she can uh she can do battle with the assembled leftist um media here's a clip of kaylee mcinerney before they banished her from cnn she's on one of these panels that has seven or eight um you know uh, leftists and and one um, person on the right defending Donald Trump, and she's being attacked by one of these uh, socialist Democrats. Um, and here's how Kay, uh, Kaylee handles her. And wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 
You can't ask me a question. Because you can't I, answer the question. Oh, you can't what ask me a question, honey. I can't answer, so don't okay, even try. What attracted the father of the Orlando terrorist to your candidate? He's a mentally ill individual. Oh, who that's what attracted him. I get it. Pardon me? <laughs> what attracted him to your candidate? And your answer was he's mentally ill. I didn't know his answer that he... Stop what? smiling and smirking like it's a funny thing. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ah, she just slayed her. <laughs> so Kaylee is going to be uh, the new White House press secretary. That's going to be fun to watch. Donald Trump is finally moving after his third year in office uh, to replace these Obama era, era inspector generals. You had uh, just in the last couple of days, the Inspector General for Health and Human Services uh, leaked to the media her report that was uh, critical of the administration's response. Didn't find anything wrong when she was working uh, for Obama that 17,000 people died and uh, that millions, I think 60 million people were infected with the H1N1. And she did this. She issued this report without ever having to uh, uh, interview the vice president who's in charge of the task force or any of the admirals or the generals that are in charge of this. And she sprung her report on the, uh, the CDC. And so Donald Trump has finally got the message after his first year that one of the first things you do in office is you get rid of all of these loyalists from the previous administration that are going to be set in traps and, uh, and schemes for you. So he's, uh, he's moving to replace, I think, seven inspector generals. It's not unusual. If, uh, if you watch in the next administration, they'll do exactly the same thing. Obama did it. Ronald Reagan did it. You replace uh, the, the people that were in the out party with people that are loyal to you so that they can't weaponize the mechanism of the federal government in order to attack you as this president has constantly been subject to. Wisconsin held its primary votes yesterday, and I would like to report those to you as is normal the next day. But we're not going to know these primary results out of Wisconsin for at least another week. And I suspect if uh, Joe Biden doesn't do well, they may be kept under wraps even longer than that. I wanted to talk about the Navy secretary resigning after having called uh, Captain Kozier stupid. Captain Kozier, I argued, strongly had to be relieved, but so did the secretary of the Navy because he insulted Captain Kozier after and really completed its humiliation. That takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow. Right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.